ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode eight of Rise Up here with Jeremy Harrell. Thank you so very much for being with me today. I really do believe that this show, this new 9 a.m. podcast here on LFA TV is not only needed within the LFA family, but is definitely needed around the world. If you agree with me, give me an amen and rumble and share this video. If you're new to the show or if you're new to the channel and you've not subscribed to LFA TV here on Rumble yet, please do so because we are going to break 40,000 subscribers today, folks. By the grace of God, we are going to break 40,000 subscribers today and we are on our way to one point. Uh, 7.5 million rumbles collectively here on this channel, only by the grace of God, folks. And I am so incredibly happy to start the day out with Brandon Lake and that song, Graves Into Gardens. You turn graves into gardens. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And, it, and somebody I noticed in the chat, somebody said, it's great to see young people energized about the Lord, and I could not agree more. Folks, if there is a battle for the young minds and the young souls and the children's and our children's bodies, if there is a satanic battle in the world right now, then we have to do our best to go on the offense so they don't come anywhere near our children, anywhere near them. So what, what does that mean? We have to focus on the Christian schools big time. And we're going to be talking a lot more about that on tomorrow's show. I'll give you a quick glimpse and an overview of what I'm talking about. I brought it up yesterday. But Christian schools, not only saving the ones that exist, but planting the seeds for more, for more opportunities, for more um, options in every community to where you can take your child, if need be, out of public school and put them into a Bible-based Christian school. Very, very important. You are so right about the young people getting involved. I want to share something with you, if I can. Mustache is a little messed up. I think I had a hair in my, in my nostril. That's what you love about this show, right? It's that real. Um, I want to share something uh, with you. My church, okay, the church that me and, and my family belong to, they run the, uh, the Christian school. And it's a very, very successful, wonderful Christian school. Many, many, many decades uh, on this earth. So many people graduated from it. So many people have gone on to greatness from that school. But also our youth group. Everybody that I ever talk to, no matter what state I go to, no matter what city I'm in, when I tell everybody how many children show up to our youth groups and our girls and boys clubs, in our, from, in our church, they, it blows their mind. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll have anywhere from 50 to 70 uh, teens show up at our Friday night youth groups. 50 to 70 teens. And do you want to know something else, folks? You want to know something else? J- Jeremy, I have to send you a video. Okay, send it right along. Send it right along. Uh, something else, folks. Those 50 to 70 teenagers that show up every Friday night. Now think about this. Friday night, where is every other 14 to to 18-year-old? 
Where, where are all the other 14 and 18-year-old year kids outside of the kids that actually get an education through like a Bible-based Christian school? Well, I can tell you most of them are out driving around, partying, drinking, going to dances, going to clubs underage, this, that, and the other. I'm not saying all of them, but most of them do, okay? So I hear somebody saying they hear music, but they don't have picture. I think you better refresh. I think you better refresh, go out, and come back in or something because the show's been going on for quite a while. Uh, but hopefully you can get in. Uh, Arizona pays $100 tuition up to 10000 every child school choice. New Hampshire has something like that too. You might want to check into, your, uh, check into your, your, your state and how they, how they work with education. But those 50 to 70 kids that show up at that youth group every Friday night, they want to go. It, their, their parents aren't pushing them to go. Their parents aren't making them go. They want to go because in the summer they'll do softball or baseball or basketball. They'll do sports. They'll do, they'll do outdoor activities in the summer. In the winter, they, they, they go as a group places. They go out and they, they, they go to the soup kitchen and stuff. But 50 to 70 kids showing up to a youth group in a town of only 15,000 people, ladies and gentlemen, that is the grace of God. That is why it's so important that we keep these Christian Bible-based schools open and keep our youth involved. Amen? All right, for all those just joining in, thank you very much. Please rumble and share this video immediately on your Telegram pages, on your Facebook pages, on your Getter pages, on your Twitter pages, wherever it is that you have, Gab, um, whatever it is, True Social, post the, 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 the show everywhere because we need to spread the gospel, and this is a great way to spread the gospel. If you are wearing a hat this morning, please remove your hat. If there's any noise around you, please go to another room, if possible, because we are going to go to the Lord in prayer now, and we are going to ask the Lord to bless this show, bless this podcast and network, bless everybody watching as we move forward with today's show, okay? So please remove those hats now. And let's go. Our Father in heaven, we thank you so very much for this opportunity today and every day to come together in fellowship, to go through the Bible, to go through devotional together so that we can address the things that each and every person is and may go through in this chat and who watches this show and around the world in their lives. Lord, we know that the devil is waiting like a hungry lion around every corner, waiting to devour you, so hungry for you and your children. But as we walk with the armor of God, as we walk through the valleys of the shadow of death, Lord, we will fear no evil because we do have the most powerful force in the universe, the most powerful force that created the universe, our God Almighty. And, and the Lord says, do not fear 365 times in that B-I-B-L-E because we have 365 days a year. And Lord, we understand that you're stressing to us that we shall not fear any evil, that we will meet it head on and with the Lord on our tongues and as the and with the, the 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 sword of the holy spirit that we slice through that evil and continue to eradicate it while we plant seeds to save lost souls and bring them on that narrow path lord we thank you for this time we ask you to bless this show we ask you to bless this network we ask you to bless the listeners we ask you to bless the people that want to donate to a better cause, Lord. And we just thank you so very much for this opportunity this day and every day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amber, the pastor at his church that has a podcast is Tim Frisch. Yes, it is Tim Frisch. It is called A Frisch Perspective on YouTube. I'm hopefully going to get him to come over to Rumble. Um 
And we're going to start opening up Rise Up in a, in, a, in a little bit in a different way. We're going to bring in pastors from around the country and around the world. We're going to have conversation here with other pastors. We're going to bring in, hopefully, people that are uh, involved in woke churches and, and talk to them from in a Bible-based um, environment to hopefully talk to them about what they're hoping to achieve and what caused them to go woke. I have a lot of plans for this show. And as you know, this is very different from Live from America. And it will always be very different from Live from America. We are not going to deal so much with political issues here, but we are going to deal with cultural, societal, and spiritual issues here. And how all of the culture and all of the society uh, problems that we're experiencing and the decay of the society around us in every community that we live in is all because we're getting further and further away from God. The answer is not man-made. The answer is not man-made. The answer is God-made, and it's right in the basic instructions before leaving Earth. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's pull up that Rumble Chat real quick here. I like to pull up the Rumble Chat before we start every show, just for a kind of, you know, the people that are watching on Roku and Fire Stick, so they can kind of see what the LFA family is talking about, how we're engaging here on Rumble. We see Arian here. She says, rise up is a blessing. Beautifully arranged. Jeremy, well, thank you very much. Free Bird is in the building. A lot of amens here. Bad Moon is watching. Amber Wolf is here. We've got The Zoo, 121753. Roku is having freezing issues. Well, I apologize. Hopefully that will work itself out. Victoria, wish I could find a church near me that has a good pastor that preaches the right things. Well, Victoria, one thing that I've uh, uh, come to realize is that even if it's a half an hour away, if you can afford to get that far away, it's worth every penny and every mile that you put on your car to find that good church that you are seeking. Rosebud says, I would be interested in hearing woke pastor's perspective. So would I. I really want to understand their perspective uh, and and. And talk to them not in an accu- you know, in an accusation or an accusatorial, is that a word, uh, way, but more uh, in, in, I really want to understand what they're trying to do here. You know what I mean? Will Skip says, love, rise up. Kong says, love and respect you, Jeremy. Well, we love and respect you too, Kong, and we thank you every single day for all of your monetary contribu- uh, contributions to this network because it's people like you that keep the, keep the ship afloat. You know what I mean? So if you're just joining in for the first time, we always join a get into our one-minute prayer for dads. This is the first book that I touch on every day. This book, I will never retire. And the reason why I will never retire this book as we get through the year is because this was a present given to me from my mother. And, uh, you know, to have a present like this given to me from somebody who went through life as a non-believer, um, I will cherish this until I di- the day that I die. And then I will pass this down to my son. And it, it, it is now something that will be in the family for, for generations to come. All right? As long as uh, Earth is here, we will have this book. Now, I want to read to you from... Um, Philippians 4.13, that says, I can do this. I can do this. Now, although this is a book specifically for fathers, as I read this, I understand that mothers can can get value out of this book. Grandfathers, grandmothers, everybody. Okay? Um, One American Patriot man says, those who respect the Lord and Jeremy, stop and pray during prayer and not type during that, that time. I think that's a good I think that's a good request. But remember, everybody is in a lag 20 to 30 seconds, so not everybody takes a break at the same time. Just understand that, okay? All right, here we go. 
I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4.13. If you guys understand this show and understand who I am, you'll know that Philippians 4.13 is by far my favorite verse of the Bible. Not only, not only is it on the top of my website, jeremyherald.com, first thing you see, but it's also, if you join, if you order the, uh, the, the T-shirt that looks like a cell phone that says Jesus calling, uh, answer or ignore, it, the time on the top of the T-shirt says 413. So this is, this is something that I live by, and it's something that you guys should live by as well. All fathers have days when the task seems hard, even overwhelming. But God has every dad, or excuse me, God has given every dad the necessary strength to fulfill his dadly daily duties. Say that five times. If you're feeling tired today, keep in mind that your tiredness is only temporary. Like everything else on this planet, folks, temporary. God will supply the energy that you need today, and you will survive until things calm down. They always do eventually. Folks, I know a lot of people, I used to be one of them, that used to say, I wish we had more than 24 hours in a day. 24 hours a day is not enough. I need 32. That is false. God gave you 24 hours. That is not a mistake. 24 hours is enough to get everything that you need to get done and more. It's about prioritizing. I call it time budgeting, not time management, because I understand numbers better than I understand managing. You understand, you understand what I mean? So I call it time, man, uh, time budgeting. But 24 hours is enough. But the reason why we have 24 hours in each day is because that's all you can handle. And Jesus knows that. God knows that. That's all you can physically handle. You need an end to one day before you start another day. Leave yesterday in the past. Worry about today. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will bring its own problems. And it says so in the Bible. So uh, don't shoot the messenger, okay? Now, Lord, you have given me every resource and every strength to be the dad my kids need. I have within me the dad talents that you've placed there. Sometimes they just need sharpening and oiling. Sometimes I just need more confidence in my ability to be a dad that I know that I can be. Thank you for creating me with every single gifting I need to carry out this great role. When I feel weak and uncertain, remind me that I don't have to rely on how I feel at that moment or focus on where I seem to lack. Instead, alert me to the unique gifts that I do have and empower me through your spirit to use them wisely. I want to, and I don't normally do this here on Rise Up. I don't. But for those that are watching right now live and those who are going to watch later on in the future, understand yesterday I got a little bit worked up, especially with Victoria, and we go back and forth on this, with not, worry, uh, not focusing on the what you don't have, focusing on what you do have. Not focusing on the justice that we haven't seen with these bad actors in our government but focus on the justice that we have seen and god kind of reaffirms that uh victoria i know you're watching god kind of reaffirms that right there it says when i feel weak and uncertain remind me that i don't have to rely on how i feel or focus on where i seem to lack instead alert me to the unique gifts that i do have to empower me see that is where that positive outlook needs to come from. We cannot do any of what we know needs to be done. And we cannot lift the 
others that have the power to do what needs to be done up unless we have positivity and prayer. That is it. It's really that simple, but it's that important. And that's what we're talking about when we say this country needs to go back to God. Okay? That is exactly what we're talking about. Now, I titled this show, Your Inheritance Comes with Sacrifice. And we're going to end the show with this morning's verse of the day, which is also titled something similar to this. Your inheritance does come with sacrifice. And although all the positivity in the world awaits you in your royal inheritance, in order to get there, you're going to have to sacrifice a lot right here. Going to have to sacrifice a lot right here. So we're going to move on to the next book, which is called One Year with Jesus in the Gospels. Now, before we get to this book, I want to talk a little bit about something that I read this morning about where in the Bible does it mention anything about climate change, okay? And it actually doesn't mean mention anything specifically to climate change, but it does reference what climate change is and what it's doing. And the reason I bring this up right now is because I said, you're going to have to sacrifice things on this planet to get to your inheritance. And one of those things you're going to have to sacrifice is freedoms because of what these people in the large NWO government, you know, New World Order, WEF, all these people pushing the climate change, the freedoms that they're taking from you are something you're going to have to sacrifice until you get to that inheritance. Now, you fight so you don't have to sacrifice them. But this whole climate change idea, where does it mention this in the Bible? Well, I'll tell you. In the Bible, it says you shall not worship man-made things. And we live in a world where we worship and lift up endangered species and their babies. We live in a world where it is illegal to damage, steal, or destroy in any way an eagle egg. But yet we push the idea that we should get rid of babies in the womb. So we are putting this idea of glorifying and basically worshiping a man-made idea that we are in control of our earth um, species to the point where we make it illegal for you to damage an eagle egg, but yet you can go and kill a baby all the way up to birth and then sometimes after birth. Well, the same thing goes with climate change. We are literally worshiping and putting on a pedestal this idea that we can control the weather that God is in ultimate control of. And when we get our focus off of God, when we get our focus off God's messaging, when we get our focus off God's narrative, and we put our focus on all of that man-made hysteria, then yes, ladies and gentlemen, the Bible does very much mention climate change because you have to lump it in with what humans are focusing on. And we are taking our focus away from God all the time in his ultimate power, and we're putting it in man-made things. It doesn't mean anything. None of that stuff means anything. It's not real. It's not real. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't protect animals. Not at all. But it's illegal to damage an eagle egg while we're literally mutilating babies all the way up to afterbirth. Think about that. We worship the creator and not creation. Exactly, Liz Bowman. Lisa says, Jeremy, with all that you do, do you have enough time for Sabrina and the kids? Well... Yes and no. We have been very good at prioritizing our time. 
And on the weekends, unless there's a special event, you'll notice I don't do anything at all. Why? Because I give every single second of my weekend to my children. Every single second. Okay? And I'm honestly thinking about taking off every Friday evening in Jan- come January 2023. So you know how we do every other Friday evening right now? I'm honestly thinking about taking off every Friday evening because my kids are to the point now where they have a lot of games and I can't make their games during the week, but I could make their games because they have a lot of games on Friday evenings. So, you know, we're getting there. We're figuring it out. Everything that we do is equally as important, I believe. So man is not God. Science is going the wrong direction, says Larry. I agree, sir. All right, December 13th, year of our Lord, 2022. The true meaning of the Sabbath, John 1931 says, The Jews, therefore, because it was the preparation that the bodies should not remain upon the cross on the Sabbath day, for that the Sabbath day was on a high day, besought Pilate that their legs might be broken and they might be taken away. The Sabbath was first mentioned in Scripture in Exodus 16, when the Lord miraculously provided manna to the children of Israel in the wilderness. The Israelites were commanded to gather twice as much manna on the sixth day because God would not provide any on the seventh day. Shortly after this, the Lord commanded the observance of the Sabbath day in the Ten Commandments that were given to Moses on the two tablets on the stone and on Mount Sinai. In this command, God connected the Sabbath day with the rest he took on the seventh day of creation. Now, how is this going to tie into exactly what the Lisa was just talking about? This is the wonderful creation. This is the greatness of God. The greatness of God. Okay? None of this stuff is all pre-planned and put together in this morning devotional. But it's amazing. It is a amazing, ladies and gentlemen, how relevant the word of God is to every situation. Now, according to Exodus 23, 12, one of the purposes of the Sabbath was to give man and his animals one day of physical rest each week. Today's medical science has proven that our bodies need at least one day of rest each week to function at our peak. Anybody who's a health nut or goes to the gym or really takes care of their body in a way that they literally report everything will tell you that that is true. Okay? Deuteronomy 5.15 also clearly states that the Sabbath was to serve as a reminder to the Jews that they had been slaves in Egypt and were delivered from bondage, much like we have been slaves to sin, and were also delivered from bondage that Christ uh, gave us when he died. Very, very, everything connects, right? Everything connects. Um. From bondage, not by their own efforts, but by the supernatural power of God. However, in the New Testament, there is an even clearer purpose of the Sabbath stated. In Colossians 2, 16 and 17, Paul reveals that the Sabbath was only a shadow of things to come and is now fulfilled in Christ. Hebrews 4, 1, 11 talks about a Sabbath rest that is available to all New Testament believers, but is not necessarily functional in all New Testament uh, believers. This New Testament Sabbath rest is simply a relationship with God. Now, if anybody knows anything about anything uh, when it comes to biblical history, you'll notice that there is a narrative out there that says that there was a rift. There's even a couple documentaries that I've seen about it, that there was a rift, a divide between Paul and And James, who was the brother of Jesus. Now, James stayed back uh, and basically taught the word of Christ um, in, in Jerusalem, where Paul was teaching the word of Christ in Rome. And, and Paul was literally telling people that the Sabbath, the Old Testament laws are no longer 
needed to be in fellowship with God through Christ, because now you can do it through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He did not say that you should not follow them or that you should not continue those traditions. He's just saying that it wasn't absolutely necessary because the only thing necessary to get to God was belief in Christ, where James was still preaching to the Jewish people and was, you know, observing the fact that the Sabbath was still needed. Neither person was wrong nor right, okay? The Sabbath means something to one group of people and something else to another group of people. And you're going to see that there is a big divide or there's a narrative pushed by people that want you to take your focus away from the Bible and the true message by saying that there was a rift between James and Paul. There wasn't. There wasn't. But that is what that is alluding to. Now, getting back to the greatness of God and how God's timing on everything is so perfect, Lisa Nakan asked that question. How do you have time for your children and your family? That is how. Our weekends, our Saturday, and our Sunday nights, they are our Sabbath with our children. That is when we learn about the Lord. That is when we're together. That is when we pray together. I mean, we pray during the week as well, but you understand what I'm saying. Everybody needs rest and relaxation, R&R, but you need it with God being at the center of your universe. If you do not do that, your days will not be, they will be in vain. They will not be in honor of God. Now, I will tell you this, Saturday and Sunday night, or Saturday and Sundays, I used to basically take off from, you know, read, Sundays I'd go to church, but I'm talking about like Saturday mornings. I wouldn't do my morning devotional. I wouldn't do it because I, I would almost look at it like it was responsibility that I had like a job. I never realized until recently, um, hold on. Valuable insights and teachings we'd never hear if Jeremy didn't do Rise Up. Well, thank you very much. And I rely on the Holy Spirit for this show every single day, okay? Um, I used to uh, not go to the Lord on Saturday mornings like I do Monday through Friday and again on Sunday, almost like a day off. And I looked at that completely wrong. And what I did is I said, Lord, please help me, help me to spend more time with you. What did he do? He gave me a 9 o'clock hour to do Rise Up with all of you. And he also... Uh, opened my heart up to go back to men's prayer group on Saturday mornings at 7 a.m. I could not tell you how going to a Sunday, a Saturday 7 a.m. prayer group helps my family and helps me. It keeps me grounded in God's word every day. And with doing this show with you guys every day, this keeps me in grounded, grounded in God's word every single Monday through Friday at the start of the day. And then, of course, Sunday, church. So, Lost count on how long I've watched. I know November was the anniversary for watching LFA. Just don't know if it's three or four years. Used to be Here We Go. Nick, you are correct. It used to be Here We Go. Back in the Facebook days. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, Rise Up doesn't only come with a podcast, but it comes with a coffee. So it actually was a coffee first. We have been building this coffee brand for a year. We've been building this coffee brand for a year, and I'd like to thank Cherokee Rose Coffee for uh, partnering with us to help us with the roasting procedure and all of that. But we finally got these two coffees out, and I said, wouldn't it be great to have a Rise Up podcast where we talk about how I go through my morning devotional while we sip on our Rise Up coffee? And ladies and gentlemen, that's exactly what we're doing. And you can get that coffee, and you can sip the American Pecan or the Dark Roasted Sumatra Gold with me every single day, you can have the same coffee. We can be talking about our, the same God. And we can all be truly on the same page. So I'm going to take a slurp here. 
Kitten says, it sure helps me with my day. Let's pull up that Rumble chat. There we go. I have a picture of Jeremy in his here we go days, says Shelly Rose. Wow, long time ago. Long time ago. Will says, yesterday I watched another network. I was amazed how much these people leave out their so-called news. L. Dooley says, this show is such a beautiful blessing. F. Graves says, cannot wait to order it. Cannot wait to be able to order it. And then Arian says, Arian Dunn says, Jeremy's children know of his righteous work and honoring his marriage to um, innate example for the kids. Well, thank you so very much. Thank you. for And the LFA producer says, smash that rumble button, guys, for the LFA family, for this show. Thank you very much. Well, amen. Jesus practiced all Jewish traditions to suggest he didn't. You're an ass. Well, whoever said that to suggest that Jesus didn't uh, clearly does not know Jesus's life. Clearly does not know Jesus's life. Yes, he definitely did practice all Jewish traditions. Definitely did. But does that does not does not mean that it's necessary to get to heaven today. But my wife loves to practice Jewish traditions and we're not Jewish. Jeremy, please keep me, my family and our sweet peanut in your prayers. Just laid uh, rest nut this morning as you first came on. I'm so very sorry to hear that. I'm so very sorry to hear that. But yes, Jesus definitely kept all of the Jewish traditions and uh, Jesus was a Jew. Jesus was not a Christian. He was a Jew, but he understood what God wanted the Jews to understand for so long, which they did not. And that's why it was so necessary for Jesus to come. And neither did the Gentiles. Neither, neither did the Gentiles, ladies and gentlemen. So, um, yes, uh, Jewish, the Jewish uh, traditions are great. They're wonderful. They're absolutely wonderful. And my wife really, really loves the Old Testament, really loves reading the Torah, loves practicing the Jewish traditions. Um, we even practice um, Lent, and that's more of a, of a Catholic tradition. So, you know, none of them, the, they're... I don't look at any of these religions or denominations of anything other than, um, you know, there was great things about them. And there's great things about the Catholic Church. There's great things about the Jewish religion and the Jewish traditions. Uh, but ultimately, the greatest thing is, is Christ, period. The greatest thing is Christ. And I love it. And you love it. Jeremy, will you ever get into casting out spirits or discernment? No, uh, not right now. I'm not that far into uh, understanding those things. Um, but hopefully we'll bring people on that, that do, you know, I have a very specific mess, a very specific, um, responsibility that God has given me. And you're kind of seeing that open up here with rise up. Okay. You're kind of seeing the beginning stages of that open up here at rise up and this show will grow and this show will evolve just like every other show, uh, to what the true vision of it's supposed to be and what God has me here to do. Okay. I was listening to Rise Up while at PT, so everyone heard Jeremy's Rise Up. Well, thank you very much. Brandy says, love Rise Up Coffee Talk. Glad to be here live today. And again, we are going to be opening up Telegram for an avenue for people to call in, um, like we did with the Coffee Talk Tuesdays. I'm just not there yet. I'm just not there yet. Get the lint out of my pockets and my belly button. Lent, I meant, not lint. (laughs) So, moving on, we go to this book next, which is Jesus listens ladies and gentlemen do you say the rosary i do not i do not because i don't know it i just don't know is that the hail mother mary of god i don't know if that's if that's right or if i don't know what that is i mean um like any of the uh all those like catholic 
um, procedures and policies and stuff. I don't know those. I just don't. Shelly says, whoa, demons, spirits, be careful and know what you're doing. I have horror stories of what I went through as a little girl. Oh, I imagine. I imagine. And Brandy says, listening to Julie Green. Yeah, Julie Green is, is good. She's got the Prophecy Channel on Rumble, right? Yeah, she gets a lot. She gets a lot of uh, views. All right, here we go. December uh, 13th, excuse me, not 12th, 13th. Ever-present Jesus. I love to hear you whispering to me. I am with you. I am with you. I am with you. If as if heaven, it's as if heaven's bells are continually peeling with that promise of your presence. Sadly, some people never hear those glorious bells because their minds are earth bound and their hearts are closed to you. Others may hear the wondrous proclamations of your presence only once or twice in their entire lifetime. In a rare moment of seeking you above all else, you are my ever-present shepherd, and I want to be a sheep who stays attentive to you, listening to your voice. Do you know how much your life will change, ladies and gentlemen, when you can hear those bells of heaven every single day and not just one night a year or two nights a year? Pretty amazing stuff, folks. Quietness in the classroom where you are teaching me to hear your voice. I need a quiet place in order to calm my mind. I seem to be a slow learner, so please help me advance in this delightful discipline. Eventually, I hope to be able to carry the calmness with me wherever I go. Though I am still a novice, sometimes I can hear those, uh, those melodious balls, bells when I step back into the bustle of life. I am with you. I am with you. I am am with you so true so true the noise of life and you want to know something else i was thinking as i read that ladies and gentlemen um yes it's catholic it's hail mary our father yeah i don't know that i know a little bit of it just from like movies and stuff like that but learning it i never did no um lisa says the only thing about i miss about going to catholic church is receiving the bread and wine well we do that in our baptist church we uh we we receive uh, communion with with the Lord through through um you know the the little cracker the little cracker wafer and um, and drinking the little juice we do that. It, Sabrina, are you here? Do we? Can you come here for a minute? Do we do that once a month at church? Communion? Is it once a month? We we don't do it. It's repetitive, but it's not every week. We don't do it every week. We do it like once a month, right? Yeah. So we do it like once, once a month, we get the little cups with the lids and we uh, peel it open. We get the little wafer cracker out. Um, but I, what I was going back to reading Jesus listens, uh, what I was thinking of was this, uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, Jeremy, I'm 72. Can I please get a shout out? Uh, Rafe, Ray Friesen. Could I please get a shout out before I leave this planet? Well, there you go. Big shout out. Um, you're you're um, learning the word of God and getting closer to God. I don't know if you guys feel this, but this is what happens to me. Sometimes I will go for months and months and months and I don't feel like I'm progressing. I don't feel like I'm progressing in my wisdom or my knowledge. Maybe not months, maybe a few weeks at a time, maybe a month at a time. But when that happens, I feel very far from God. And I'll even say it to Sabrina. I'll tell her. She'll tell you. I'll, I'll, I'll sit down and I'll say, I feel far from God. I feel distant from God. 
And so what I'll do is I'll, I'll, I'll kind of recant the last three weeks, the last month. What have I been doing differently or what have I not been doing enough? And instantly it comes to me what I have not been doing enough of. That's usually what it is. What I've not been doing enough of or what I've, la- what I've gotten away from that I did before. You know, it all kind of goes hand in hand. Um, and then I'll get back into it. But, and you'll, you'll go through those times. I believe you do go through those times. But I'll tell you that. Tell you this, if you wake up with God every day, those, those moments, they shorten. It might be a week instead of three weeks or a few days rather than a month, okay? So those times, they do shorten. And the other thing is, is you'll notice that out of nowhere, you'll just start gaining wisdom and knowledge through the Holy Spirit that you didn't know, that all of a sudden you have the answer for every single question that a non-believer or a potential Christian has uh, questions they have. You have the answers for everything. And you'll notice that you'll get to these moments where you're just getting an overflowing cup of knowledge and wisdom, heavenly knowledge and wisdom. That's what I experience anyway. Um, and just let me know in the comment section if you experience that as well. Let me know if you experience that as well. The only thing I do not about, the only thing I do not like about the Catholic Church is the Pope. Well, if anybody has been watching me, you know that I've been critical of the Catholic Church for quite some time, but I do got to, um, I do, I do have to confess something. I don't know enough about it to criticize it as much as I have. I do know that. And that's part of that heavenly wisdom that I'm finally understanding and getting. I've said some pretty mean things about Catholic church that reverberated through the Catholic, uh, the Catholic, uh, religion. I should I mean, I guess that's what you want to call it, right? Catholic religion. Um, That I was not in a position to have said. That doesn't make me, whether I was wrong or right, doesn't, that's, that, that has neither here nor there. It's that I was saying it from a point of not having the knowledge to have said it when I did. Same thing goes for the Jewish faith. Same thing goes for the, the, the evangelical church in itself. Baptist, Methodist, all of them. I, I'm very critical of a lot of them, and maybe rightfully so. But I'm from now on, I'm not going to be critical unless I know exactly why I'm critical. You know what I mean? And uh, as far as Catholicism goes, I think the biggest problem that I've had with Catholicism isn't the people that practice Catholicism and go to Catholic Church and were raised Christian or Catholic. It is the church in itself just like the church in the the evangelical churches. I have the same problem with them. It's the church itself and what they engage in. So even though that, you know, kind of reverberated through the, the people that practice the faith, that is where I probably said it out of time, right? Out of time. So I'm starting to rely on the Holy Spirit a lot more now uh, before I say something that I probably should have waited to say. If that makes sense. All right. Moving on, every day with Jesus is next, okay? Every day with Jesus, December 13th. This book was given to me by two people that mean very much to me. Uh, Linda and Sam Majaya in Virginia. Great, great, wonderful people. If you're watching the show, I don't know if you watch Rise Up. I know you watch Live from America. Uh, I love you so very much. Um, And I thank you so very much for this book because this book has been a life changer as well, okay? So let's get into this. Uh, Luke 1.18. And Zacharias said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? 
for I'm an old man and my wife well stricken in years. Zacharias and Elizabeth were righteous people who prayed for a child for many years. They felt the same disappointments and frustrations that we would feel, but they kept believing in God. The Lord finally answered their prayers and sent his angel to announce the good news. What was Zacharias' reaction? What was Zachariah's reaction? Excuse me. He couldn't believe it. The very thing that he had been praying for was granted, and he doubted it was true. A lot of us do that, don't we? Or have done that, haven't we? In Zachariah's case, he received his miracle anyway. Perhaps his wife Elizabeth failed, pulled him through. Uh, Faith pulled him through. Likewise, you may be praying for the right things. You may even be sincere and earnest. But you would be shocked if these prayers were answered suddenly today, wouldn't you? Have you made preparations for your prayers to be answered? In order for you to receive your blessings and your prayers to be answered, you must openly receive them and must be looking for them in every way, not just the way you expect them. Okay? Before the children of Israel were actually delivered from Egypt, they ate the Passover meal by faith. Their bags were packed and ready to go. We need to anticipate our prayers being answered exactly like they did. Right now, imagine how you would feel or what you would do if the answer to your prayer manifested this very moment. Then as much as possible, begin to think and act that way. You will find your whole perspective on how your day is going will change. Same thing with the stuff, with the political stuff we talk about. I am so emotionally beat down at what these politics have done. I'm done. I'm done. Nothing will ever change. That's why we can't do that. That is, it's more important now that I stress that than ever. That's why we can't do that. You must expect your prayers to be answered because God says as soon as you pray them, they're answered. I want to, say so, I want to tell you something that I said to my wife the other day. I said, do you realize that every prayer and every wish that I've ever, every desire I've ever had has been answered and I'm literally living in the blessing every day? I always prayed I grew up very poor, abused, and, you know, most of you know that. I always, like, we would watch, like, TGIF. Thank God it's Friday. Thank goodness it's Friday. TGIF, like, on ABC or something, had all the, you know, family shows. And all of them were, like, middle-class families, middle-to-upper-class families. And they had the house. They had the white picket fence. They had a house where people could spend the night over there. That uh, They weren't ashamed of their parents. Uh, their parents weren't drug addicts. I always wanted that life. I always wanted the, the nice house with the family that, of kids that loved school, that were all good in school, and they were all on the honor roll. No diseases, no sicknesses, you know, the two cars, the white picket fence, the dogs, the cats, you know what I mean? Uh, the job that I loved, and I'm living it. I'm living it right now. I don't need to be a millionaire. As a matter of fact, I don't want to be a millionaire. I don't want to be a millionaire. I don't want the problems that that brings. Not at all. I am so rich in the blessings of God. I am so rich. I am richer than Elon Musk. Elon Musk has $200 billion. I have infinite life in heaven. And I am blessed here on earth with health, family, love, and extended family with LFA. I'm living every blessing that I ever asked for. How could I be upset? The inher- my royal inheritance is, that, is so much larger than what Elon Musk has or Bill Gates or Mark Zuckerberg 
all put together. The thing about that inheritance, though, is it comes with sacrifice here on earth. And we all sacrifice every day, don't we? We all put on that armor of God. Look, I'm wearing it right now. And we all put on this armor of God and we pray for God's protection. And we have it. And we have it. What are you sacrificing to get your inheritance? Nothing of importance, I can tell you that. You're sacrificing earthly things, things that are not important. So what that you can't get plastered every night? So what you can't go out to the club every night and, and, and lust all over men and women? Who cares? Who cares? So what you can't watch porn? So what you can't cheat on your wife? Oh, no. Let's get to Christian ethics and then we'll get right into the verse of the day. And that's, when we'll, that's where we'll leave the show. Okay? All right, here we go. Changing from instinctive to informed ethical convictions, okay? I hope that Christians who already have ethical views that are consistent with Scripture will move from having instinctive convictions and to having well-informed convictions. For example, a person reading chapter 21 might move from an instinctive conviction that abortion is morally wrong to a well-informed conviction, including knowledge of how various Bible passages and medical facts support that conviction. Such a reader would also gain a better understanding of uh, some broader matters, such as how to apply different scripture passages to various medical situations, and whether there are any situations to which the passages might not apply. Okay, Changing from imprecise to accurate ethical convictions. I hope that Christians who have a somewhat vague and imprecise understanding of an issue, for example, divorce and remarriage, covered in chapter 32, will come to a more accurate and well-defined understanding of how the teachings of the Bible apply to that issue. For example, to various specific marriage, divorce, and remarriage situations. So again, ladies and gentlemen, this is separating what is right and ethical on earth to what is right and ethical in the Bible. That's, I mean, and we're, just, we're not really getting into the Christian ethics part of this book as much. We're just kind of giving a pre-clue, uh, you know, a, 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 basically a, a spoiler of what you're going to see in this book. And then changing from unbiblical to biblical ethical convictions. I hope that Christians who have an incorrect understanding of the Bible's moral standards will soon uh, have a, bi- a biblical ethical conviction and have the morals that God wants you to have through Scripture. Because of the large number of topics covered in a study of ethics, and because of the great detail with which these topics are analyzed, it is inevitable that someone studying an ethics text or taking a course in ethics for the first time will have many personal beliefs challenged or modified, refined and enriched. It is of utmost importance, therefore, that each person beginning such a course firmly resolve in his or her mind to abandon any false idea that is found to be clearly contradicted by the teachings of Scripture. You must have that open mind, okay? You must know that this might hurt my feelings, but is it ethical from a Christian's point of view or is it not? And that's what you have to adopt, okay? But it's also important for each person to resolve not to believe any ethical position simply because this book or some other book or teacher says it is true. Unless the book or the instructor can convince the student from the text of Scripture 
itself. It is scripture alone, not conservative evangelical tradition, which a lot of us have here in America, or the views of respected theologians or any other human authority that must function as the normative authority for our understanding of what God actually approves. This book is, I have a feeling that this book is going to help so many people. How about you? I just have a feeling that it's going to help so many people as when, when we really get into it. There was a time that we did Christmas, but since we started walking with Jesus, we celebrate him instead. Well, Christmas is the celebration of Jesus. Christmas is the celebration of the light coming into a dark world. And there's so much about Jesus' resurrection that are explained in his birth that Christmas celebrating Jesus is okay. It's okay. And even the traditional Frosty the Snowman and all that, it's not blasphemous at all. There's a movie out, a new movie on Pure Flix with Kirk Cameron. Honey, do you remember that movie where he's talking about where the guy's all upset because they're celebrating with Frosty and Rudolph and all that? Remember the name of that movie? The one we just watched? Saving Christmas? Hi, Mandy. All right, so Saving Christmas is the uh, name of the movie. It's on Pure Flix. I highly, highly suggest that you go watch that film, especially when it comes to the idea of how we view Christmas and what's right and wrong morally, ethically, and when we're coming to celebrating Jesus, okay? We definitely don't want to hinder the celebration of Jesus' birth by being a bah humbug. But there, are a com- there is a commercial. Oh, the commercial side of it. Okay, Lisa, 100%. 100% the commercial side of it. But again, still watch that movie. Okay, now let's get to the verse of the day. I apologize for rambling on. Let's get to this verse of the day here. Give me one second. Your inheritance will make you so rich. And the verse of the day comes from Romans 8, 14 through 17. And then we'll, we'll talk about the explanation of this during the 11 o'clock show, okay? Verses, uh, Romans 8, 14 through 17, it says... For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and fellow heirs with Christ, provided, very important part of the verse, that we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Very, very important and powerful part of that verse. Ladies and gentlemen, again, that is Romans 8, 14 through 17. If you want to look at that in its context, look at it before the 11 o'clock show. We'll dive deeper into that then. Remember, folks, there are right ways and there are wrong ways, but there is only one Yahweh. So stand up tall, keep your shoulders back, keep your chest out, and keep your head up high. Because you are a child of God and no weapon formed against you will ever prosper. Um, loud Majority is coming up next. Be sure to catch their show. Thank you for all the rumbles yesterday. You made every show very high on the top uh, 50 list. We appreciate that. Rumble this on your way out. Make sure you are rumbling loud majority. They're already there. The pre-show is already there. You can go click on it and rumble it. 
even if you don't have time to watch it. I love all of you, and I'll see you at 11 a.m. Have a good rest of your morning. Enjoy your coffee, and we'll see you then. Peace. Peace.